Welcome back to Currently with Curator, where I share my latest style obsessions, all of which you can access through my shopping community, Curator. Today, I want to introduce my latest curated set, and all my fellow accessory lovers will not want to miss this one. The Ear Party set includes three pairs of earrings that will enhance all your looks this season and way beyond. You'll get the Machete Kate hoops in both tortoise and opal, plus the Panacea beaded tassel earrings in white. Together, this set is valued at $143, but you can get it for only $59.99 with Curator for one week only. Don't wait. Grab one on curator.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com by December 28th. And don't forget to use code CLIMB25 to take 25% off your first purchase. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, we have one of my very good friends, restaurateur, entrepreneur, and author, Marissa Hermer. We chat about Marissa, how she moved to London after graduating college, and immediately jump-started her career in public relations. And... Let me tell you, she has worked for some of the legends in the industry, and I imagine that, you know, really helped shape her today. And I'm so excited to speak with Marissa about what influenced all of her businesses, her work ethic, her restaurants, and what it's like working with her husband. Hi, babe. I'm so happy to see you. This is such a treat. Oh my God. Listen. Here's the thing, you know, everyone's journey is so different, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the question, I'm assuming you get asked a lot. I know I get asked a lot. And most of the women that I've had on the podcast get asked a lot. It's the, how did you get here? How, like, how did you become this, right? And, and, (laughs) and we, you know, obviously we're like, oh God, like blood, sweat, and a lot of fucking tears, right? I think for me, it's so important to highlight the women in my life because they're so beautiful, they're so glamorous, but I think more importantly, I think it's important for our listeners that like want to start, want to, it doesn't just happen. You didn't just come out of thin air. It took a beat, right? Obviously, I know you, I know how amazing you are, I know all these things, but I think for me, it's important to know who were you as a kid? Like, were you this like ambitious, like, dreamer personality or were you this like very chill shy in the background no do you know what I was very bubbly um I was you know the student body president I was the class president um I was the one making the signs I was um very engaged as a student both academically and socially interesting Um, I was always throwing the party so nothing's really changed. Right. (laughs) But see, (laughs) but see, that's actually really interesting because, you know, a lot of times I hear from some of the most powerful women I know, they're like, oh God, I I was like, I was so shy. I like was so background. It wasn't until I was like in my twenties that I came out of my skin. And so I come from the school of thought that, you know, you're, 
you come into this world a certain way, right? And that's really who you are. So I'm always like very surprised by that. And so I actually really like to hear that you kind of were born like this, right? Because I was just born like this. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I had one childhood best friend for nine years. And I think the comfort of her gave me confidence. Isn't that amazing? That stability of a childhood friend. By the way, not the stability at home, not that it wasn't, but I don't think I really attribute it to her that led me allowed me to sort of spread my wings and and do all of the things. So just tell me about Marissa because I adore you. I know how special mm-hmm. you are. I know what a badass you are. You have founded two of my favorite restaurants in LA that we go to all the time and love. Um, and also very unique. You actually found a way to come to LA from London and create something that in, in quite frankly, a very saturated city with lots of food. Um, But the truth is, you know, something I do want to point out is that, you know, one of the reasons I actually fell in love with you, because I knew you before the pandemic, and we have a lot of mutual friends. And really, for me, I find that women who are people in general that are really driven and motivated by their heart and their passion, the way that you hustled in the pandemic, as an entrepreneur, sort of watching you do that, a trying Mm -hmm. to keep your businesses alive, right? But more importantly, you were feeding people that really needed help, like whether it was elderly Mm. that were scared to leave their homes or couldn't go to the grocery store or bringing food literally like every day to the hospitals, right? Which was like, and I just remember like, as we weren't leaving our houses, we were like told not to even walk on the street and pass by a person because, you know, and you were out there, literally, you were out there. I mean, a number of things happened, but it wasn't about me anymore. It was about number one, feeding our family. We had to keep our businesses afloat. It was not an option. Were there days that I wanted to quit? Absolutely. By the way, some most some days I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this again? Yeah. Most yeah. mornings around the breakfast table or the dinner table, I tell my children, our children, do not become a restaurateur. This is a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, be an astronaut. Do go to the moon. Do not do this. But um, that time was really scary. And it, not only we do, my husband and I have three children to feed, but we also have over two hundred staff, our team members, and their families. So they were relying it's on terrifying. us to keep these brands alive. And we didn't know how long it would last. But like in the interim, we had to keep them cooking. I was really lucky that. I was delivering food to one of the hospitals, I think like day two on shutdown because we had so much food in our storage. And a girlfriend called me and said, what are you doing? And she was like telling me the latest Netflix show she was going to binge. <gasps> and I said, oh, I'm just d- delivering food. Let me call you back. And she said, well, hang on. What are you doing? And I just said, look, we had food in our pantry for the kitchens. They've been We've been shut down. So we just made some pasta and I'm on my way to Cedars. And she's, I got a text message from her, a photo text message of the front and back of her credit card. And she said, put $2,500 on this and get your team working and feed another hospital. Aww. And I was like, oh my God. See, I, ch- I have chills, by the way. You know what? It was that moment where I thought, we've, we've got to keep going. And at the time I was an essential worker. Like I was allowed yes. Yes. to go out and do things. And it actually gave me an opportunity to keep moving. I needed 
to keep moving and our teams needed to keep moving and cooking and it gave me an excuse rachel to get out of my house sure let's be honest like yeah i uh, three kids at home and my husband i'm like get me out by the way i will say i will do whatever you want it's nice to be able to try and save the world (laughs) but equally like just give me a job yeah something yeah so it was um it was a way that we were able to not only connect with our community um but also connect with the frontline workers and and feel like we were involved in giving back. And it actually, we know that the secret to happiness is altruism. So, um, not everybody knows that not every, (laughs) not everybody knows that it's true. And, and I'm telling you, like you really stood out to me and I really, I was, I was saying to Roger at the time, and, and I know that your husband is your partner, Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we're very unique. Like, you know, I, Monique, I know. We're mad crazy, mad, crazy, Candace and Charles. And I'm like, yes, what? these, w- these marriages yes. that have, that, who work together. And, and a lot of what you said with Candace resonated with me too. There's no one else I would want to work with or I could work with at the same time. So there's a, it's a little masochistic. Yes. Like it's like, I'm, we're not doing ourselves any favors and like we are <laughs> actually doing the hardest thing possible. Um, I agree. I, and for so long, I tried not to work with Matt. Same. In fact, I was like working with other people. I said, no, I'm never going to work with you. It's a disaster. And soon enough, like you, we are collaborating on so many ideas. I was always telling him what to do anyway. Right. And yet had right. clients during the day. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, fine, let's just do it. Same. So and how, how long have you been working together? About like 10 years? 10 years. Yeah. We Same. started working together when I had our first son. And the idea was that it was ridiculous for me to essentially have a day job and also have a night job with as far as two jobs. Cause I was working in the hus- my husband's business anyway. And he's like, why don't you just do one job? Um, which I guess is the plight of all women everywhere. We're like, we'll just do 10 jobs. That's, right. that's, how, that's how we operate. I, I, I thought about naming my podcast that like something about that, like, <laughs> like a hundred things or nothing, you know, it's like, we, I don't think we know how to do one thing. Right. I can't. I'm much more efficient when I'm doing 1000 things. Uh, we're like, we're all octopuses. It's so true. It's true. That's okay. that's okay. But no, working with our, my husband and I'm, I know you do this with Rogers, you have very separate roles and it's much better when Matt and I stay in our own lane. Agreed. Although it's impossible to do that too. So we're always sort of getting involved in this and that. And, um, look, I guess that's teamwork, but if you can do it at home around the dinner table and around, you know, the home life, then it, it's just, how do you actually, I know this is, no, 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 it's okay. I get asked questions all the time. It's, it's, it's conversation, honestly. Carving out date night and taking off your work hat is so hard. I don't do it. I don't, I I'd like to tell you that I do do it. (laughs) I don't do it. I don't. And I think, look, I think part of it is before we worked together when he was an investment banker and I was coming up in my career and, you know, I workaholic, I don't think I had a day off till I had Sky, you know, and I think that I was that person before he was my partner, right? So then when we started working together, same for you, it was almost like the most logical organic thing because we did everything together anyway and any major decision 
he was involved in with me anyway. And any major decision, like, and at some point, and I don't know about you, and and I I want to bring this up because, like, have you been? I've been burned a lot in my career by people that I trusted a lot. You know, I have this like top 10. I have a list. It's an even 10. Um, the kill list. <laughs> it, I, I mean, uh, but you know, I, I think for me having Roger and, and being together as long as we have, he's my safe person, which as you mentioned, and as Monique mentioned with, with her husband, Tom, Monique Lulia, same, same. And, and Candace, because I'm sure you get asked this on the daily, how in God's name do you work with your husband, right? And I will say there are real, there's several moments a week I want to literally hit him with a frying pan, right? <laughs> but like, but at least it's him, right? Because I'd rather it's him. And then five minutes later, we're like, okay, what are we having for dinner? Or like, who's getting the kids? Or where are we going for holiday? Or, you know, so, and I think the gift of it, quite frankly, I think the pros outweigh the cons. And of course there's cons, mm-hmm. but I think the pros of always having our family, being able to be together, that like if we're on a vacation and we have to have a meeting or a work call or this or that, we're together, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really always worked for us. And I, it, you know, I do think it's important to separate the responsibilities because I think when we do cross over the lines, that's when it gets mm-hmm. like, no, no, you're wrong. You're, <laughs> yeah. you know, but but yeah, I, it teaches resilience yes, too. I think if you are able to work with your partner and thrive in that, yes, then I actually feel like I can do anything. I like agree. it really, I feel so supportive when I'm, and when you're connecting with your husband and thriving and building, it's, there's no better feeling. And not only do you feel it, your team feels it. Agreed. Like every it's, it's, it's contagious. It's and, your kids, and your kids. Oh my God, for sure. Like yeah. they love it. You get I to mean, celebrate the wins. You get to celebrate the wins. Also, I will say this on the downside of it, like when, you know, and I'm sure you have felt this before, is that when in the in those moments that like blindside you, right? You're like, okay, well, we're both doing this. So yeah. if, it, you you're know what alone. I mean? You're not alone. And also like, it can be scary because it's like, if this mm-hmm. doesn't work, we this, we, like all of it, right? Because if you're in different careers, it's like, okay, you're challenged in one, the other one's doing great and vice versa and whatever. So it's, 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 a, it's like throwing all your chips in one place, right? Yeah. But yeah, I have to tell you a funny story. When Roger and I met, he was a waiter and I was a hostess. Um, I didn't know that. Yes. And we were babies. We were babies. We were in DC. We're in college. He was in grad school mm. and I was in undergrad. And I had worked uh, several summers uh, in a row as a hostess. And when I was in college, I wanted to meet people outside of school. And, you know, so I asked my parents, you know, can I get a job and da, 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 I want to make my own money, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up meeting and our dream, we always said we were going to open restaurants. (laughs) And I, my parents, as I was graduating college, were like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a hostess. I want to be a hostess because I love it. I love, like, I love it. I love the energy. I love greeting people. I love seating people. I love talking Mm -hmm. to people. I love meeting people from all over. And, you know, going to school in DC, you really get to meet people from everywhere in the world. And it was amazing. And we loved it. God, I want a picture of you as baby Rachel hostess. You would have been amazing. I wish I could hire you. I'm like, if you ever, (laughs) do you want to work at a restaurant? Like, I want, 
I want to put you at the door. You would be amazing. Oh my God. God. You understand? I lived for it and I made so much money. And, you know, it was crazy, but like it was so much fun. I would put on like tight little black dresses and red lips and I had big, I had so much hair. And, um, and it was really, really fun. And, um, and we wanted to open restaurants. And then as we worked in that business and Roger was, he was the best waiter. I mean, he would leave, I would pick him up at two in the morning from work. He had like wads of cash. Um, it was, you know, that the moms always loved him. They loved him. They like squeezed his face. Um, and, and, but we said that was our plan. We were going to do that forever. Mm. And then we saw how hard it is. We said, no way. It's insane hours. It's insane staffing. It's not, it is one of the absolute hardest businesses in my opinion. Like, and we love food. I grew up in a food family. My parents are Mm. foodies. Like it was, it was something that once we were on the inside really saw how incredibly hard it is. And to succeed in it is such a feat. So I want to touch on that because it's very impressive. I seriously love that noise. It's the best kind of notification and definitely one of my favorites. That's another sale on Shopify, the platform trusted by millions of entrepreneurs to create their online store and so much more. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling fashion and beauty products, holiday decor, or customized gifts, start selling with Shopify and join the platform that's simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build the relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and of course, Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify and you can too. Running a successful business means getting the insights you need to grow wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you'll manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. We have proudly been on the Shopify platform with our company Curator since 2019. I am so incredibly grateful and thankful we decided to make the switch ahead of the pandemic in 2020 because honestly, it gave our business so much flexibility during that very uncertain time for everyone. With Shopify, we were able to add additional features to our site and streamline the checkout process for our customers, which was so incredibly important. We generated new shopping categories for our site and we're finally able to expand our product offerings all thanks to Shopify. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash Zoe, all lowercase Z-O-E. Go to shopify.com slash Zoe to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash Zoe, Z-O-E. And I don't understand how I didn't meet you before, actually, because you worked for Ian Schrager, is that correct? Yeah. So Ian, I sort of fell into hospitality. I 
opened up the phone book. I had just moved to New York City and I looked up public relations and I saw Nadine Johnson. Stop. And I thought, Stop. I should call her. So I, Stop. I called her and had an interview and started working for her. That's and the crazy. I- hold on, you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait. Wait, I want my listeners to hear this. She literally moved to New York, looked in a phone book under public relations. She actually found the most badass public relations party event. Like Nadine Johnson was the absolute, she was New York, cool New York scene, PR. It's PR boot camp. I mean, I didn't know at the time. It was literally like I was like going down and I was like, okay. She was like Andre Balazs, the Mercer, the Mm -hmm. bungalow, like our best my best New York City life, like the be- like the Every best years fashion, of my like life. The coolest Every. of the cool. Yes. I can't believe you found her in a, I can't even, by the way, I can't believe she was even in a phone book, by the way, because she was so like underground cool. I can't believe she even was in a phone book. Nat, Nadine Johnson, wow. IMC, and I worked out of her. She had this place, well, she moved to the West Village, but we would go. Obviously. And I then I met that, by the way, everyone I worked with then is now In these titans of right. industry yeah. now. It's yeah. so, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh my God, yeah, we were, I was a clipboard girl yes. Yes. at this party. I was like, that amazing? And then, yeah, so it was such a fun time. And then I went to work for um, a company called Syndicate PR. Mm-hmm. And Syndicate had Ian Schrager as a yeah. client. Yep. And I met Ian and then we opened the Gramercy Park Hotel and the Rose Bar. And that's when I fell in love with hospitality. I was young. I was going out eight nights a week. I was coming home at two or three in the morning. I was at my desk at 8 a.m., 7 a.m. I was like, this is the life. The best. And that's the, that's this, this work is, um, it never actually feels like work. Right. It is. I am playing the whole time. I get to interface and work with and be inspired with the most incredible artists in their fields and, and what, and create wonderlands and playgrounds for my friends and neighbors to have an escape and a respite from the humdrum of daily life. Like this is, yes, the restaurant business is really hard, but also it's amazing. Is it? It's so fun. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's everyone's fascination with restaurants. And I think, For you, it's like, I think coming from working with these amazing people, obviously being a badass and surviving New York City nightlife forever, (laughs) working with the best and living the dream, but then now doing this and being a part of, honestly, I, I compare it to almost like being a wedding planner, right? In this way, because you get to be part of those moments. You get to create those moments. And for my listeners that don't know, the restaurants that Marissa has here are um, Oliveta, on Melrose in um, technically West Hollywood, right? Technically West Hollywood? Yeah. Um, Yeah, One of the best and so interesting and different. That's honestly what I love about it. It's like this Mm. cozy, beautiful, each room, each table, like everything has such a special feeling. And the menu is not at all typical. It's not what Mm. you can get everywhere. It has a little bit of like Brit, a little bit of Italian. I I like your Brit infusion everywhere, by the way, Mm. especially at Draycott. Um, And and Draycott, I love so much. We eat there all the time. It's my kid's Mm. favorite too, because it's like this safe little haven where like Mm. your kids can eat and run, then they can come eat again and run, and they come eat again and run around outside and be by the Christmas tree. It's so great. And, you know, I took my parents there. Mm-hmm. several times and my parents are 
diehard foodies. They are like, they don't know where I came from because I'm much more simple <laughs> um, with food, but, but they really are foodies. And my dad literally said, I took a video and sent it to you. He said, this is the best bolognese, yeah. bolognese I've ever had. Do you know how much bolognese? My dad's 85. <laughs> Do you know how much bolognese you know much bolognese my dad's <laughs> I just need to point that out. So you're creating magic for a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's important to know that your journey's been real. <laughs> it's been real. It is. Yeah. There are always hurdles every day. And also... We're never satiated, are we? I think as entrepreneurs, there's a new idea that pops up. My husband and I have had a new idea to, we were in Provence last summer. We're like, we want a French restaurant here. And so now we're opening the old Ago in March and we will, yeah. Brilliant. And we're going to create, have you ever been to sort of um, Colombe d'Or in St. Paul de Vence or Petite Maison in London? So sort of a- yes. Yes. French uh, Provençal yes. concept. We're taking out the parking lot. It'll be an outdoor garden. Oh. It will be so beautiful, so magical, so delicious. Godspeed. I love that you're doing it. I love that you're doing it. <laughs> I want to ask you one last thing. So, mm. so you have three children. I so still to this minute will say the biggest challenge of my life is being a working mother. Mm. Um, Because when you're just working, when I say just, I think because I compare it to being a working parent, right? I think my work, like, of course it overwhelmed my life, but I lived for it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was like, it was like how I breathed, right? Mm -hmm. And then you add the things you actually breathe for, which are your children, right? So then you have these two things you're breathing for. Plus husband yeah. who needs attention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We have you have three children. I yeah, have four yeah. children. Yeah, hundred I mean, Roger, I always say is by far and away the neediest of my children, by far. Like by a landslide. My kids are easy comparatively. Um, <laughs> um, but I think I, I wanna understand from you because I think the beautiful thing about having restaurants is that mm-hmm. your children, it's like it reminds me of Italy. It's sort of like the kids are in the restaurant, right? Like the kids are yeah. there and they get to go in the kitchen and they get to be part of it. And so I'm wondering, like, do all three of the kids, like, do they love it? Is this their hangout? Do they go they there after it. school? Because I see your kids yes. there all the time. Yeah, they are there all the time. I mean, they are in the Draycott all the time. We, we also created the Draycott as a family restaurant. We, we moved to the Palisades. We didn't... There wasn't that family-friendly None. restaurant. Zero. With places to run around with a, a well-curated wine list and cocktail yep. list and great food, that was a nice place that I would actually want to go and my kids would go. And I think, I don't know if that's an American thing. In London, in Europe, you know, when my friends come to go to London, they say, where can I bring my kids? Like, what what are good kid restaurants? And I said, bring them at, anywhere. Bring your, just anywhere. A hundred percent. That is what we do in Europe. And in America, I don't know if it's a different mentality or like the kid the restaurants that you go with kids are like you know it's a different it's not it's not not that the drag pot is fine dining but it's no but a it is different experience it is it's not i mean it's it Draycott would definitely be more fine dining than you would ever think of a kid restaurant, if that makes sense. Right. And there's a great and kids menu. And we cater to yes. children because that is our family. And every Tuesday at 5 p.m., we have balloons and bubbles where we have a resident balloon artist come. That's so cute. We opened up the, the hedge on the lawn so that the kids can run back forward freely. I mean, our children are always sitting at the bar having chili temples. And they do sneak back into the kitchen, which they're not supposed to do during service. (laughs) 
but they're still going back there and like getting a pickle or getting a carrot. That is so cute though. That to be like, honestly, that's the dream. And I think when Raj and I were in college, I think that sort of, that was our sort of, that was our dream, you know? And, um, and I love that you're living that. I love that you're living that. Do you miss London? Do you miss living there? Do you know what? I was, a friend of mine asked me this the other day. I, of course, by the way, of course I'm London and New York city. I think, but is London is like the greatest city in the world. The thing I miss about London and we go back often enough. We still have, you know, dear friends and family there is I miss walking. Yeah. I miss, what is that like Latin phrase? Ambulatar, solvitar. I'm going to mispronouncing it, but you solve problems by walking. So in London and in New York or any major city, Walking is a mode of transportation. I agree. Right? Like yeah. I would, I walked everywhere in London. In LA, if I'm walking somewhere, they're like, are, is your car broken? No, like, no, are actually. You, are you okay? It's true. Are you okay? It's so And true. Then you don't just walk down the street. If you walk, you're going on a hike. You're like doing, you're doing it. I'm That's like, so no, true. What about just going walking like, to dinner? Walking somewhere, walking to dinner. Yep. Like that doesn't happen. And I miss. When I'm walking, I you're with your thoughts. You're looking at nature. You're looking at the it's trees. You're, you're not whizzing by. That's true. And I think in our crazy lives that we all have, um, it's nice just to have a moment where you're not, you know, driving at full speed and just sort of walking somewhere. And that's what I miss. I I I would agree with that because I really don't walk here. I walk with a purpose or I'm not walking or I'm driving, you know, a hundred percent. So what's I'm your gonna walk. Wait, I'm gonna like, go walk today. I'm just going to walk down the street and see what happens. No, <laughs> like, your that, friends would you try okay? and pick you up. I'd be like, <laughs> so, are you all right? Right now, everyone would pull over and be like, can I give you a ride? <laughs> walk on San Vicente. Are you insane? <laughs> Nobody walks on San Vicente. Melrose place. Sure. So yes, and that's um, what I miss about London. What is your greatest like challenge? And then what's your what's your dream? My challenge is doing all the things I want to do, mm-hmm. which is basically everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of a culture vulture. Like if there's a band in town, or if Harry Connick Jr. is singing at Pantages, like I want to go to that. I got to go see Kusama at the Broad. Abroad, I've got to do like all I need to do the cooking class with the children. I need to paint the ceramics. I've got it. It's like everything. Um, I love that. You how love that. do I do everything and actually also be a human being? Sure. Like I think the importance about sure. like, we forget that we actually as human beings just need to be yeah. like not, not do absolutely Anything. everything. I don't know how to do that. And that is my biggest challenge yeah. because I think it's in that being that brilliance happens. It's not when I'm like running to Descanso Gardens or when I'm opening another restaurant here and da 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 and like da 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 like all of those things. It's actually when I'm just sitting quietly and maybe pouring myself a cup of tea mm-hmm. or like having those. So it's like an inner battle sure. I have with all the things I want to do mm-hmm. and also what I know is actually healthy for you. Sure. Just going on a walk. Sure. I mean, do you know when I think that's going to happen, at least for me, is when my kids go to college. I think I'll have Mm -hmm. that time. I think for now, you're doing you, you're doing them, right? It's like- I 
Yeah. I'm not. I've so, accepted like, it. I can't. Yeah. And it's I don't so, know. I, mean, I don't think that's the right answer, but, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I find the biggest question I get asked is what do you do for self-care? And I'm like, what? What is self care? Are you okay? I put on Barbara Sturm serums at night before bed. Yeah, snaps. But and and it's not like poor me. It's more just like my me time is with my kids, right? And so, but but, that is self care too. It it feels so good. It does. It does. And it does. It it is. And I think until that's not nourishing, that works for me. And I think that. It may happen before then. It, we I haven't hit teenage years, so I may really mm. need some nourishing in those moments. Um, so let's see. But for now, my my like happiest place is like from them, you know. So, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. So okay. So that's the greatest challenge, which I hundred percent am there with you. <laughs> What's the greatest dream for you? Like, what do you feel like? Because you clearly are a serial entrepreneur. Like you're not stopping anytime soon. You're not chilling out. Like I have this grandiose dream of like my end plan living in the South of France by Hotel du Cap, sitting on a beach Mm. and and making jewelry out of like shells and crystals. That's like, I don't know how old I'm going to be, but like at some point that's that, like I have that somewhere in my, in my visual. Oh, that sounds amazing. But like, Um, what's your dream? Are you going to have a little restaurant in Provence and like just chill out there? Or like, I mean, are you we're living? Open, we're opening my restaurant in Provence on Melrose in the old dog. Okay, Melrose, <laughs> south of France. Like, so I'm, okay, so I'm do that. Okay, um, fair. <laughs> but I like opening more restaurants. I love you. This I is love, why you have to keep doing it. I love creating magical moments. I think we all need the divertisement in life. Yes, and working with really interesting, amazing, inspiring people who just, I, I'm always learning yeah. and I am, it's, I love creating. And um, so opening another restaurant in West Hollywood in the spring, there's a few more um, in the pipe, in the pipeline. So as well. exciting outside but of California. Here. You're going to go outside. Are you staying Still here? In California. You're going to stay Still here. California. You yeah. got to do one in Montecito. You got to do Montecito. You got to, you got to hit that. At a site in Montecito, actually, Malibu would be I'm... lovely. Just saying. Yeah. Could use a few more places down there, lady. <laughs> I know where there's um there's a lot of opportunity, and I can always see where there where something might work. Um, and I'll by the way, if I can't see it, people will tell me. So it's like sure. it seems pretty obvious. So sure, I just have fun. It's it's fun. Work it. never seems like work. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, I think that really is the common thread on the podcast because climbing in heels is so much about your journey. And actually like, I always tell young people, choose what it is you love and inevitably the success will come because it won't feel like work. Your motivation is gonna be the passion. It's not gonna be money. For me, I was never motivated by money. I was like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be the best at whatever it was that I was doing, but, and I made incredible money doing it, but I actually would have done it all for free. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so funny. It's like, if you really love what you do, you deeply love what you do and it wakes you up in the morning and puts you to sleep at night, you're going to do it forever and you're going to win at it. That's the reality. And you are winning. And for my listeners that don't live in California, 
Um, or if you do, or you don't, and you're just visiting, you have to go to Draycott, you have to go to yeah. Olivetta, and you I'm have to go to this magical place she's soon going to be opening, which I'm so <laughs> excited about. There isn't a French place. All right, honey, have a beautiful holiday. I'm on my vision board. Yes. Happy holidays. Yes. Okay, it's the time in the show where I answer two listener questions. And it's holiday season, so I'm very excited to answer these today. Okay, what is a holiday tradition you look forward to every year? I would say really just shutting down with my family and traveling somewhere or nowhere, but really just being with my kids every single day and going to some of our favorite restaurants that are like fully decorated for holidays, taking a million pictures in front of beautiful trees um, and decorated places. I love going to the Bel Air Hotel um, and just walking across that bridge with all the like decorations and just feeling like it's snowy and Christmassy in LA, which it's not. Um, but yeah, for me, like holiday tradition for me is just like spoiling my kids with like so much love and not having to like wake up at 545 and run out the door and just having that quality time. Okay, do I believe in New Year's resolutions? And if so, what is one of mine? Okay, that's a great question because I actually don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I really don't because I think it really sets you up for failure. I do believe in setting realistic goals for yourself. So for me, I'll give you an example. It's not a New Year's resolution per se, um, but it's more just like what I would like myself to do more of in the new year. And it's like, I would like to, make sure that I push myself to spend more time with my friends because between work and my family, I find that I'm too tired to do anything that's like voluntary, like just a dinner with my girlfriends. And so I don't think it's like, okay, let me quit doing this. Let me start working out seven days a week. I think whatever works for you and motivates you, I think do that any time of year because to wait till January 1st or December 31st to do that. I just think it sets you up for failure and you don't want to feel like you failed starting off the new year. That's really rough. Well, good luck though if you do have New Year's resolutions. But again, keep it realistic. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Climbing in Heels Pod on Instagram and I just might answer your question. Okay, so Marissa's one of the absolute sweetest people. She's so giving. I have to tell you, she really, really blew me away in the pandemic. And I think I fell so much more in love with her when I saw her hustling and delivering meals in the height of the pandemic when there was no vaccine in sight. Everyone was afraid to even walk down the street near somebody. And there was Marissa out delivering to elderly, to hospital staff, um, to people who couldn't really afford to eat. I mean, she was really just cooking it up and delivering it herself, not dialing it in. She was filling her car and, and driving food to people who needed it most. It was so impressive to me. I loved hearing about her PR background, how she worked for one of the biggest hoteliers in, in the industry. And it's funny because I kind of grew up in New York City in the same era that she did. And I don't know how we didn't cross paths. It's kind of weird. But um, 
but I love her restaurants. I love Oliveta. I love the Draycott. We go there all the time. If you come to LA, you absolutely must go there. It's really fun. And she's really special. And her food is great. And I'm so excited to try her soon to open French restaurant. That would be very exciting. Thank you so much for listening to Climbing in Heels. And don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts because I love reading them. And while you're at it, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things curator. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.